Talk Radio 96.7. Oh, yes. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right. Ronnie O's on vacation. Sitting in is Coach Joe. Actually, Ronnie is uh, checking on all your overseas holdings. I think you sent him out to, to Europe to do that. Uh, did you see? It's he's a dirty in, job, but someone's got to do it. He's in Greece today, I think. Did you see the photo he sent us of oh, your yacht? It's very beautiful. Yeah. I wish I had one like that. I really do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually a small one for you. you, you have, yours are much bigger. I think you use this, that, that yacht as a dinghy to get like in between islands or like, something. Dinghy's <laughs> bigger than your whole boat. <laughs> <laughs> So Ronnie will be away this week and next week, but hey, no worries. We have a great show planned tonight, and you know, uh, Eric, Father's Day uh, coming up. Happy oh, yes. Father's Day to you, and thank you. Uh, and, and to uh, you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna celebrate it a little bit tonight. Uh, we have uh, Andy Bean's gonna join us in a little bit because it's also the first day of the U.S. Open, and later Ryan Thompson, who uh, one of the great youth coaches to ever come out of this area, and a, a very successful soccer player in his own right for the Tampa Bay Rowdies and for the Jamaican men's national team. Uh, he's now uh, a, a dad himself, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about Father's Day and, you know, what's the best way to get your kids involved in sports. And we invite you, ladies and gentlemen, out there to call in and let us know about great sports memories that you have, either with your dads or if you're a dad with your kids. Uh, give us a call, 682-1430, 682-1430. I know you know, sports were such a big part of my life growing up, and it was it was uh, what my dad and I did. We always did it together. You know, when I was really young, uh, it was bowling every weekend, and then then it graduated into golf. And we used to play thirty six holes every Sunday together. And uh, uh, then at other times of the year, we we watched games together. He he got Dolphin season tickets down there in Miami at the Orange Bowl, and we we'd go to basically every game. And when I was playing youth sports, he he uh, he didn't coach me in the games. Except for like once, I think, as a substitute. But uh, he was always there, no matter what. Never let work or anything else stop that. And uh, it's just tremendous, great memories, including he and I going to a Super Bowl down in Miami, Super Bowl Ten. So if you want to share some of those memories w- with us, uh, and Andy and Ryan and, and everyone, you can give us a call, 682-1430. And it's a family affair here tonight. We've got my sister, Dr. Mike Lean, in the house. And my own daughter, Alex, back Hi. with us. Alex Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute since I've been here, so it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some great times together sports-wise, haven't we? Oh, I of course. hope so. <laughs> well, see, you were my coach for a long time, and then you were just like, now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got to the point where you, you advanced in skill level, and, uh, mm. it, and well, you did, and uh, it, was, it was beyond my, my ability to coach. Plus, you, you reach a certain age, and we'll talk to Ryan about this, and, and sometimes it's better uh, to get a higher level of training and to be more of the dad and less of the coach. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but when, when they're super young like that, I thought it was a good idea because I could, I could make sure you're, you and the other kids were treated well. I, I, I always tried to do that that yeah. way, treat them all as if they were my kids. And uh, um, I, I think it was great. It just gave us a lot to, a lot of things to do together, and, and we continue to do a lot of sports-related things. We're hoping to go to that lightning watch party Saturday night. What do you think? We can think we can make that? I think we can if we can somehow get tickets. I mean, tickets for the game are impossible, but Thunder Alley should be at least a <laughs> little easier. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. I believe the counselor is going to hook us up, so ah, uh, perfect, we'll, perfect. we'll keep an eye on that. Thank uh, you, Godfather. And we will praise him to the rafters next week if he can if he can hook us up for the watch party at the inside the arena on Saturday night since it's a road game. 
Uh, the Lightning lost last night in overtime, four to three. Really tight, tight game. It's going to be like that in this series. Colorado is really good, but you know, if you want to win in the finals, you got to play the very best teams out there. And uh, the Panthers happened to be the uh, best team during the regular season. The second best team was Colorado. So the Lightning have taken care of the Panthers. Now they got to take care of Colorado if they want to go all the way. What happened to them last night? Uh, it was a close game. I honestly don't know. I fell asleep, but then I woke up during overtime, and <laughs> that overtime did not last very long. So that no. one that one hurt a little bit, but it looked like they were just – it looked like it was almost caught by surprise. I mean, it was a good shot, but it was kind of like, you know, I don't think that would have happened under normal circumstances because it was so quick. It, yeah, well, you know, it's, you, you've seen this in soccer too, the turnover in your own end. And, oh, yeah, it's and the worst. leads to a quick shot, and – uh, if you get it off that fast, there's nothing that like Vasilevsky, like like I said, he was caught by surprise, so it's yeah. he's probably going to go in if they're not ready. And had a tough, not that he wasn't ready, but still. First ten minutes of the game were tough for him. Then he was great after yeah. that. He's they, a brick wall. He only gave up the one goal on a five on three uh, penalty power play situation, and then of course the goal at the end was a, a turnover, which led to basically a two on one, and uh, uh, the guy was able to. Uh, cross the pass over there and, and hit it into the open net. Nothing Vaz he could do about that, but he certainly kept him in it. The Lightning rallied after going behind twice by two goals, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, watching him one way or the other uh, oh, yeah. this Saturday in Game 2 against Colorado, so we'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we want to talk about the U.S. Open here uh, playing in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts at the Country Club. And uh, we also want to talk about the world of golf. We talked a little bit about it last week, but now we want to bring an expert. So we're going to bring in Andy Bean to talk about it. We'll get him on the phone. In the meantime, we're going to take a break uh, to hear from our friends at Allied Scrap Processors. And uh, then we'll be back here in the Ozone. you got Coach Joe, you got Dr. Mike Lane, you got Alex on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF. Hi, this is Bailey Howell, former Mississippi State Bulldog and NBA Hall of Famer. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. Hey, we're talking sports in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. It's Ronnie and Joe. Ronnie is out this week. Sitting in is Coach Joe. So uh, Adam Hadwin out of Canada <clears throat> was uh, able to get to four under par today to get the lead at the end of the first day of the U.S. Open. There are 26 golfers who broke par out of 156. Uh, tricky course there at the Country Club at Brookline. And in fact, uh, I thought that three under that Rory McIlroy shot early in the day was going to hold up as the lead. Uh, but uh, late in the day, Canadian Adam Hadwin managed to get it to four under, and then he made some terrific pars going in to hang on to that. Uh, other scores of interest in the U.S. Open at the, the day one, uh, Dustin Johnson, two under par. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, two under par. Justin Rose, two under par. Uh, also, Justin Thomas, JT, one under par. Let's see, Colin Morikawa is at one under par, and Will Zalatoris at one under par. Webb Simpson at even. All of these guys have won in the past. Adam Scott, one under par. They're all uh, either <clears throat> past winners of majors or past winners of the U.S. Open. Patrick Reed got around at even par. Uh, now, Jordan Spieth, a little bit more trouble, two over par. The my understanding for Jordan is that he's not feeling well and he actually left the course after his round, and he's uh, feeling kind of sick. So the fact that he got around in 72 uh, is, was a good job. Now, we're, uh, are we ready, Eric? 
Okay, terrific. Now, joining us on the phone to give us uh, some insight into what's going on up there in Massachusetts and also to talk about everything in the world of golf is somebody who had a great career on the PGA Tour and the PGA Tour champions, uh, 11-time winner on the PGA Tour, three-time winner on the Champions Tour. We're, of course, talking about the Lakeland icon himself, our good friend Andy Bean. Welcome to the show, Andy. Uh, We really appreciate you joining us again tonight. How you been? I'm good, Coach. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well. You know, it's always exciting when the U.S. Open is being played, and especially now they've come back to Brookline at the country club for the first time since 1988. And, hey, you played in the 1988 U.S. Open, didn't you? I did. I got in the rough a couple times too many. But, uh, I, I guess I finished, I don't know, maybe 10th or 12th, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Good memory. Yeah, that was... Uh, you, you got- do the stats. I, don't, <laughs> I just try to get the checks. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the mood. That, hey, back then, that was an important thing. That's still the most important thing. <laughs> hey, you have to make a living, and uh, you know, and you, you know, and here's the thing: when you're out there at the majors or at the uh, PGA Tour, they don't just give you that money. You got to earn it, right? <laughs> you have to. Hey, we start off at zero every week, That's and we still have expenses. I know that's that's the wild thing, you know. You guys have to pay your own way, even when you're part of the PGA Tour. And if you don't play well, they send you home with nothing, uh, except a bill. So uh, uh, to last as long as you did on the PGA Tour was remarkable, especially back in the days you were playing. You started on the tour in the '70s, and the the, the uh, prize money wasn't really that great back then, was it? I know it wasn't, but. We managed to get along. We scraped out a living, so we did, we're doing okay. But, uh, you know, it's amazing what they're playing for now. It really is. The, the prize money has exploded. And, uh, uh, you know, for some players, it might not even be enough because now they're talking about uh, other things, uh, other ways for, for pros to make money without having to go through the grind of the PGA Tour. And that's that LIV Tour that's going on. I don't know, Andy. It sounds like that might be something that might hurt the PGA Tour if the LI, with this LIV International Series. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, man, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> it's been a, a, a man, big you know, topic of conversation, I guess, lately, hasn't it? <laughs> Well, it's amazing what money will buy. And uh it's a how do you go how do you say it? Um I don't well, I know for a fact it won't be good for any of the tours. That be the US tour, the European tour, Australian tour, Asian tour. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm a little hoarse. Um, I feel that. <laughs> but it's, well, because the thing about it, you're trying to get the top players from all over the world to come and play, and you're you're basically buying them. And uh, hey, if I was a guy that was 45 years old, you know, going toward the end of my career, and somebody came up and offered me. 30 or 50 or whatever million dollars, I would certainly have to reconsider it if I, or consider it if I hadn't gotten really well established and comfortable, you know, in my finances. But do I think it's good? No. And the reason I say that is because 
the reason the PGA Tour has a problem with it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it affects the sponsor relationship. It affects it respect um, in respect to you've got to be loyal to your sponsors because without them, the PGA Tour is not going to be what it is. But also, when you really get down to the communities that we play in, it's not going to be good for them either because if the purses are less, if the stability is less, then a lot of charities that survive right now because of a PGA Tour stop, they will cease to survive. And that's not good. You need to be able to help all the communities that the, the tour is able to help. And with that being said, without <clears throat> the tour there, you're not uh, in the support for the charities. Then all the volunteers that support the PGA tour and each tour stop, um, they're not going to be there either. So they're not supporting the communities. And then also all the communities, you know, getting the benefit of all the business that week during the tour stop. But that, that would be not only here in the U.S., but that's in every European city. That's in every Australian city, in every uh, Asian city that you do have these events. You know, you know the uh, the charity work that's done and connected to the PGA Tour is something that's often overlooked. But basically, every stop uh, helps some charity in whatever community they happen to be stopping in, uh, more or less. Isn't that the case? Oh, millions of yeah, we give millions of dollars to every uh, you know to every community that we that we play in, and that's a lot of doors that won't be open. And I think anything that and it also is going against tradition. Um, I think um, it's hard when you say, yeah, well, they offer you this amount of money. Well, if I was a young player and had the ability to go out out of college and qualify for the Corn Ferry Tour and I wasn't going to get I don't know. If you're a young player, you're not going to get a whole lot of guarantee. So if you haven't been established. And so with that, you have a better chance of making a living over here in the U.S. and going through the system over here than you do going over there and maybe being, excuse me, um, a one-year shot or a two-year shot, and then not being able to come back here and have a, the ability to play on the tour, U.S. tour, I'm saying. That, so that's, that's, um, that's right. Somebody you're losing, like you're losing. And plus, the guys that go over there, uh, you lose your status over here. And I'm not sure of all the regs, but it'd be kind of crazy to look at a guy like a uh, Oh, goodness. A Kevin Na, who's won over here a number of times. He's made a lot of money over here. And how about a DJ, Dustin Johnson? 
here's a guy that's won U.S. Open. He's won. I mean, you know, he's won on every stage here, and you're taking his status, which you really should, because he's abandoning abandoning your tour, and you know, signing up for this other tour, and he got paid a lot of money to do it. Hey, if they p- tried to pay me that much money, I might be going too. But I'm just saying, I don't think that that Saudi tour, the LIV, is in the best interest of the U.S. Yeah, it definitely uh, has has sent uh, shockwaves through the PGA Tour, and uh, they have they have suspended uh, players who have participated in it who didn't already resign from the tour. Uh, you know, but in the U.S. Open, it didn't apply this week. Everybody's in, and it's it's so great when everybody's in one place playing uh, together. You know, not just a limited field. That's what makes the U.S. Open so exciting. the The, the level of now, golf what, today there, was terrific. There are people in right. There are people in there from all over the world. But the great part about the U.S. Open, there are people in there from all parts, <clears throat> all parts of life, and in of stages of their golf, you know, whether you be a junior, well, I don't know how, if a junior is qualified, I didn't see if a, you know, a 16, 17 or 18 year old, there usually is one or, you know, college players. There are a number of them who made it in a number of amateurs. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't know if there's a young one this year or not, but there usually is in all stages in their, uh, in their golf, it's available to qualify for the U.S. Open. But um, I just think the uh, there's one thing about it. The U.S. Open, it's going to test you. It's going to test you, and it's going to test you out there because the conditions are going to get harder every day. Do, do, are there a lot of differences between the course in 1988, where I believe the winning score was around six under par, although it went to a playoff with Kurt, Curtis Strange and Nick Faldo? Uh, right. Four under was the best score today, and it doesn't look like there are going to be a lot of low numbers out there, and the rough is really, really thick. No, uh, it's not that bad, Joe. What's that? I promise you it's not, it's not as bad as it was in <laughs> 1988 because – the one thing that most people don't realize is in the years past, not in the last maybe 10 years, but in the years prior to that, the worst rough in the U.S. Open or most tour events was actually right six feet off the fairway. And the reason for that is you, ha- you, you cut your fairway lines in or should I say you cut your rough lines in and grew up that 15 or 20 feet on both sides of the fairway, and that's where the most lush grass was. So when it grew up, and they didn't cut the rough in stages, when you were six feet off the fairway, you were in, say, anywhere from five to eight inches of rough. I mean, you you couldn't hardly get the club through it. Can't even see the ball at that rate. Right? <laughs> off the fairway. Yeah, we're, you know where today that's not the case. They do, they do cut it in stages, and then 
you know, the primary rough is further off the fairway. So it makes it, it actually makes it a little more fair because if you miss the fairway just a little bit, you can't, I mean, you can still get to the green. And uh, it just plays a lot different. Where this year, too, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to dry the greens out because of uh, maybe some moisture tonight, uh, maybe some 50% chance of rain tomorrow. So that means the, and it's cool up there, um, cooler than normal. So you're not going to get the firmness that they wanted the greens to, to be maybe on the weekend, actually, and also through the week. So um, this, I look for the scores to be double digits hmm. to win. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Plus, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, right now, after the first round, there's 104 guys within seven shots of the lead. That's unheard of. Oh, what? Yeah. You think, normally, somebody pulls away, but so far that hasn't happened. Um, it, well, it, and yeah, and this is only the first day. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the funny thing about it, too, one interesting uh, fact here at Brookline, all three U.S. Opens have been have ended, and the winner has been in a playoff. You've won out of a playoff. That's right. Yeah, all the way back to Francis Wimet in 1913. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, with that being the case, you know, what what if you got – Five guys tied, you know, Sunday afternoon, but probably not because they'll get a little, they'll get a lot more tricked up, but for no better word, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they'll, it's they'll always, put the pins yeah. a little closer to the slopes. Mm, yeah, I could see them doing that because those things really like to run off. Uh, I noticed that the greens are smaller than they look. But uh, right. I want to answer, ask you real quick. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left here, Andy. Uh, uh, you, you had, uh, for years, did the uh, Barkley Bean Bryant uh, event for the first tee. And, of course, uh, that was with Brad Bryant. And recently, Bart Bryant, unfortunately, uh, passed away. And we, um, we're sorry about that. And we hope that uh, you pass uh, our best on to Brad and, his, and the Bryant family. But uh, the first tee, you're doing a different sort of benefit these days now, right? Yes, we are. We're going um, – oh, my gosh, you just hit me. I just went blank. Uh, I believe uh, it's a, a memorial tournament that you had recently for to benefit right. Carson Nance or in honor of Carson Nance. <laughs> Excuse me. I was saying I could. I went blank on Carson. Uh, yeah, Carson Nance, who was a young man that went through the uh, – out at the first tee through the program. I guess he was like four, maybe five or six years there. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, he passed away early in a couple of years ago, two years ago, early in life and tragically. And uh, his parents and friends wanted to do something to honor him. And in doing that, they let the proceeds of that tournament the first year go towards the first tee. And now... Uh, the second annual they just had in, I think it was February. Um, I've been I've been trying to support that because what they're going to do now the proceeds 
from the tournament are going to go to the first tee, which will be certainly helpful to keep us, you know, keeping those doors open for the kids. And uh, it will be a great way uh, to honor Carson. Oh, it sure will. And and you've you've had one of those events uh, a couple of months ago, and then there's going to be uh, another one next year. Is that yeah? Next year it'll be an annual deal. I think it's going to be like February. February, I think it is. So um, you know, come out and support that because you're supporting the first tee by doing that, but you're also supporting the great a great memory of a great young man. No, oh, we look forward to that. Yeah, as soon as you have all the dates squared away and, and the times and the details, we'll get you back on here so we can uh, talk about it and promote it because we love that event. And, hey, I'm trying to get my golf game back in shape. If it's a golf event, maybe maybe I'll even tee it up. Who knows? <laughs> yep. Well, you never know. Hey, man, we <laughs> – Hey, we we take everybody out there, buddy. <laughs> well, then then we'll have to we'll have to do something, do something like that. I, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, Father's Day's coming up. You got anything special planned? Oh, I'm I, I I won't be able to spend it with with all my family. I've got three daughters that live in. One lives here in Lakeland with three grandkids. Uh, they live here. Uh, one lives in Birmingham, and one lives in Chattanooga. And uh, I think they we're not going to be able to spend the time with all of them, but we certainly always appreciate the time that we do spend, and we Debbie and I cherish, you know, every day that we get with them because hey, they're growing up, they're going to be grown soon, and to be able to spend time with our daughters, be able to spend time with our grandkids. Um, there's not a better gift than that. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. And we we uh, really and uh, their husbands. I'm not leaving their husbands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys too. <laughs> well, have have a terrific uh, Father's Day weekend, uh, and and thanks for joining us, Andy. We, we really appreciate it. We, and when Ronnie gets back, we got to get you back in studio and hang out a little bit because that's always a blast. I certainly appreciate it, guys. Y'all do a great job, and uh, it will be interesting, but. Odds are that this U.S. Open will end in, um, being in a playoff. You'll get the champion out of a playoff. Yeah, going to be an aggregate uh, three-hole or four-hole playoff this time. No more 18-hole playoffs. Right. I think. 18 holes, which, you know, the thing about it, uh, I don't mean to run long, but the one thing no, that's okay. that Go ahead. has always been, you know, in past years, the British Open's doing it also. The mat, you know, the other tournaments are doing it. Um, but years ago, tradition said something that's that important, you had an 18-hole playoff instead of doing it now for money and saving time. Yeah, it yeah, should, should go you're 18. getting away from tradition and uh, – I don't know that that's necessarily good. You know, I I like the 18-hole playoff. I know it, it's not convenient for TV, for the fans they, who are there, but then again, it's like you said, it's a national championship. And, uh, you know, the, the 18-hole playoff, like the last uh, time you had that, I believe, was with Tiger and, and Rocco and how amazing that was. Right. Yeah, you'd hate to lose that. It's not the same over two or three holes. 
it's I mean it's really not. I mean the uh you know any tournament for that matter, but especially a when you've contested it and you played your guts out for 72 holes and you you end up tied um I think a three hole is certainly better than a sudden death, but the uh, something for a major championship, you ought to have to do more. But that's my opinion because I'm, I'm more on tradition side. Yeah, I, I like tradition too. And, uh, you know, that's what the country club at Brookline is all about is the great tradition. I mean, that's basically the United States golf history right there in one place, almost, almost, like, yeah. a, almost like a museum. It's an well, amazing it place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it seems like a lot in today's world. We're do, we do everything for convenience and the cost. And uh, you can't give up. You can't. You can't give up tradition for some things. Nah. Uh, so but you think it's going to go to a, pl- a playoff? Do you do you uh, have uh, do you have a favorite that you think is going to win? Oh, if I had a playoff, if, well, I mean, you know, you, 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 got guys, you got McElroy right now at the top is playing really good. Uh, obviously, DJ, uh, Justin Thomas. You got um, Rose there. You got Scheffler there. You got Xander. You know these guys are all at within four shots of the lead. And uh, and then there's I know there's two or three other U.S. Open champions that are right in there also. Uh, I think experience is going to help out, but you never know because these greens are not going to be able to be as tricked up as they usually are. So, but the one thing about it, they don't have those books that they've had in the last probably eight or 10 years that shows you the slopes of the greens. You had to do that homework yourself. And now we're going to see who did the best homework with their caddy on reading these greens. Yeah, I know in Rory's round, That's especially, right. uh, he, he was making a ton of putts. A lot of them were par putts, but uh, he he was making putts all, all left and right to help him get to 67 today. And uh, same with... Uh, oh, certainly. And yeah. I mean, and even, and the thing about it, those shorter putts, you can bet they're not going to get any easier going into the weekends because of where the the pin placements will be. And the guys that figured out where to be, where the best spot to putt to, or excuse me, to putt from. Uh, the ones that figured that out and the ones that carry that game plan out, they're going to be the the guys that probably are in there in the end. Yeah, it's tricky to do that over 72 holes. Some guys managed it pretty well today. Uh, but uh, you do have to putt well. Uh, Mickelson had a terrible round. Uh, saw him four putt from like twenty feet, and it was an, first putt was uphill, and he just blasted it yep. by, and, it, and then things went sideways after that. Um, well, that's say some guys are going to get frustrated because they're not reading the greens properly. But the fact is, and Phil was one of the guys that really 
depended on those books. You'd get you if you remember you would watch him looking at those books and studying the books. Well, you had to do that homework yourself right now, and uh, if you didn't get enough information in your practice rounds, then uh, those cliff notes may not help you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you still have to execute the execute the shots. Uh, execute yeah. the shot. Yeah, and the more you know, the more information you know about how hard to hit the putt, and also how much it's going to break, <clears throat> the better off you're going to be. Yeah, that's another reason to like Rory. His putting has been really great. Apparently, uh, Brad Faxon's been helping him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that can make a big difference. Andy, thank. And, go ahead. Getting, I was going to say, I like Rory. I think he's a stand-up guy, and he's getting more comfortable and more comfortable with everything. You know, after he hurt his foot, he's had a problem getting that, getting back to where he was a few years ago. But he looks like he's getting back pretty close there now. He really is driving the ball well, and his wedge game is, is great. Now he's got the putter going. Uh, so I, 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 he has been playing very well. Took a, he won the guys there in the end, I think. Yeah, I expect him to, and JT as well. And uh, we'll, yeah. see who, we'll see who else. Andy, gosh, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you being in the Ozone. Thanks for staying with us a little bit, a little bit longer as well, it. you know, because uh, it's, it's just so great to talk to you. And, uh, and, we'll look and, Ronnie, to, hey, and Ronnie's over there in Dan, Greece or Italy or somewhere now. Lucky, mm-hmm. <laughs> lucky bastard. <laughs> he's right. to, he's touring he's touring the uh, the the whole of Europe right now, and uh, yes, he is. yeah, he is hot stuff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, he he sent us a nice picture of this yacht. I don't know if he was going to sail on it or what, uh, but uh, I he's going to buy it. <laughs> I think he is. Well, well, you going to buy it and just bring it back, right? <laughs> Sail I'll it. sail it for him. He'll sail it on back. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll give us a ride on it when he gets back. But then <laughs> when he does get back, though, uh, we'll all get together and, ha- and have some fun. And uh, he can tell us all about it and show us the uh, pictures and stuff. And, uh, uh, and we'll see. We'll see about uh, how, th- how low they go at, out there in Brookline at the country club. Yeah, I think it's going to be double figures. That'll be something. On a U.S. Open. Yeah, that would be something. I think if it gets close to that, I could see them really uh, making the Sunday pin placements pretty uh, pretty penal. We'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. when you make them hard, and you know, you, when you can't firm them up enough, then you got to kind of get a little tricky with them. But guys can figure that out. Right. Yeah. Somebody always does. Andy, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. You take care and have a terrific Father's Day. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. That's the great Andy Bean. We really appreciate him joining us. He stayed with us a little longer as we were having difficulty reaching Ryan Thompson, who's on the road tonight. Um, if we can't get him, we'll get him on next week. We'll, uh, We'll keep looking into that. In the meantime, we'll take a break now and come back for sure with our sports quiz and give away $30 to the Lakeland Ale House just in time for Father's Day. Join us in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF. This is Rick Wilson, retired NASCAR driver and former Bartow Yellow Jacket. You are listening to the Ronnie O and Coach Joe. The Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Because they're in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. Talking sports every Thursday from 8 until 9 in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap. Processors.com. We've been living vicariously tonight, 
through Ronnie, who's on the continent right now or somewhere, sailing around somewhere, uh, somewhere in Europe. So, uh, I think he's in the Mediterranean right now. Uh, Andy Bean was helping us to reminisce uh, or to live vicariously or whatever, as we jealously talked about that. But more importantly, we thank Andy Bean for joining us for an extended segment about golf, the U.S. Open, the LIV Tour, so much. The golf right now is the biggest story in sports because of these two things happening at the same time. And it's all come together at this U.S. Open. I expect it to be a pretty explosive weekend. And we appreciate his thoughts on, on, on everything involving the Tour and the uh, Open. And we look forward to watching it this weekend. He thinks the scores are going to get uh, below double digits for the leader. We'll have to see about that. Uh, <clears throat> in the meantime, we also uh, will have to probably push Ryan Thompson back to next week uh, because apparently uh, we're unable to reach him. I knew it would be tricky tonight because he's he's on the road, but he wanted to try to join us tonight because he wanted to talk to Alex. You know, uh, Ryan, of course, uh, was a great goalkeeper for the University of Tampa and the Tampa Bay Rowdies. He also played in Scotland, was the uh, first Jamaican player to ever play uh, in uh, the Champions League, and he played as well in uh, it was Scotland, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was Ireland, the Rovers, Shamrock Rovers. I'm going to take your word for it and say Ireland. Don't but quote me on that. Either Don't way. Quote me on that. Well, we're, we'll have a chance to, to double check that one. When I haven't we get Googled him on Ryan here. in a while. These are just the things I remember him telling me. <laughs> but he also played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and then he, uh, became, he became a coach at USF, and he also developed the RTG Academy uh, to teach young kids, goalkeepers, uh, how to be goalkeepers how to, and how to be great goalkeepers. Uh, so and many, better people. Yeah, and and he has a, a, a he's one of the best youth coaches of all the youth coaches you've ever had. I think he's the best, Alex. Oh, by far, and, absolutely. And uh, correct. In, in my own interactions with youth coaches, and they're and most of them are pretty good. They're the the bad ones uh, stick out as the exceptions to the rule, but I think he's the best. Uh, and and he's been in Texas the last few years. He has some young girls now who are just getting into soccer, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to him again soon. Hopefully next next week. Yeah, uh, they, he's very busy right now with his camp. Yeah, I think they just finished up. I don't know what if they finished it or not. It's their camp out in Austin, Texas, yeah. at the crossover. Um, if you follow them on Instagram at RTG Academy, they are posting all of their reels. Everybody looks like they're having a real great time, as they always do. And then they'll be in Tampa coming in to July. So, if any, hey, if anyone wants to sign up, here's me shamelessly advertising them. You're welcome, Coach. Love well, you both. Well, that's what we'll do. And hopefully you'll be on next week or soon, and we'll, we'll talk to them some more about that. In the meantime, though, of course, we can't let a Thursday go by without giving away $30 to the Lakeland Ale House, 5650. South Florida Avenue with 40 strategically located TVs and drinking meal specials every night. The Lakeland Ale House is the place to go, especially with all the great sports going on right now. You have the Men's College World Series in baseball starting up this weekend. Uh, we'll be carefully watching that. Uh, eight teams, four of them from the SEC and two more future SEC teams in Texas and Oklahoma. Not USF. So, not USF and uh, the Gators uh, lost in the regionals to Oklahoma, but then o Oklahoma went on to upset Virginia Tech, so Oklahoma is one of the teams that's in there. So it's going to be uh, going to be exciting stuff there, and of course the U.S. Open all weekend long. And uh, uh, I just love the U.S. Open. Uh, so, so many great memories watching it with my dad uh, all those years, and uh, hopefully watching it with you this weekend, Alex. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> yeah, traditional but, Father's Day golf. Yeah. So let's ask a sports quiz question related to the U.S. Open, and uh, get you thirty dollars to Lakeland Ale House. Take it away, Alex. All right, so once again, for $30 to the Lakeland Ale House, we have which of these four famous golfers has never, emphasis on never, won the U.S. Open? A, Tiger Woods, B, Rory McIlroy, C, Jordan Spieth, 
or D, Phil Mickelson? Now, if you know this answer, give us a call at 682-1430, and that's 682-1430. Remarkably easy question. Super easy. Uh, yes. I have the answer in front of me, and even <laughs> I knew the answer before I was handed this paper. Three of, and these are, and, and we're not reaching way back into deep, into history. The, uh, all of these uh, gentlemen who have won the U.S. Open have done so within the last uh, 15 years. Uh, and the, My the lifetime. Court, yeah. yeah. And the one person who hasn't, well, that's the big mark on their record is that they've not won the U.S. Open. And My least favorite on this list. Yeah. I have yeah. a hierarchy of who on this list I like the best. And this person has been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> and, uh, again, it's uh, the choices are Tiger Woods. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, it, and Phil Mickelson. Okay. Yeah, three of those four have won the U.S. Open. Give us a call at 682-1430, and if you tell us which one of those four has not, then you get to win $30 at the Lakeland Ale House. Maybe Mark knows. Yeah. Mark, do you know which of these four excellent golfers has never won the U.S. Open? Bill Mickelson. You're darn right Correct. it's Bill And he's not winning it this year either. Did you see that 78? <laughs> he, he shot. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just finished uh, a couple minutes ago as, as the sun was setting. Man, that was... Uh, he's, that was he's having a day. It, 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 it was kind of hard to watch. I think, I think you know... Uh, he seemed to be doing okay, but his putting was as bad as I've ever seen anybody putt. Uh, I know he's been, he hasn't been playing much lately, but uh, the putting was uh, well, cover your eyes bad. Yeah, he had a four putt. Yeah, did you see the four putt? Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's not easy to do, even for bad golfers. He's a great putter, too. <laughs> he really is, but not, to, not today. And then, of course, he was all in the rough all of the time. And, uh, yeah, I actually felt bad for him, which uh, yeah, I haven't felt bad for Phil Mickelson the last few months at all. As as he's, uh, yeah. but there was one fan. Yeah, they treated him pretty well, by the way. If you were wondering how the fans were treating the, the golfers who have been playing in the LIV tour who are defecting, uh, they treated him pretty well today. But I did hear as Phil was walking up the 18th green, uh, some guy was talking to him about yelling at him about point spreads and uh, prop bets in tonight's Celtics uh, Warriors game. <laughs> <laughs> So. That's funny. That, that's actually really funny. <laughs> Mark, did you uh, did you hear Andy Bean thinks there's going to be a double digit under par in this tournament? What do you think? Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. Well, he he knows a lot about it. He's probably right. It's an awful bunched up field, isn't it? It sure is. And of course, he's played on that course before, so he knows it very well. And a terrific golfer in his own right. But uh, you know, it's possible. I could see it happening if if those greens get softer. The thing that I, I noticed in watching it was that uh, the the greens don't seem to hold really well it, it, unless you hit it in the exact right spot. I say if you're a little bit short, it rolls back off the green. If you if you hit it too far, it doesn't stop. It bounces right, so it, it bounces right over. So it becomes kind of a small target. But I think if you're hitting from the fairways, the guys have been able to put enough spin on the ball to to get it to stop. And do you play a lot of golf, Mark? I, I used to play a lot of golf. I haven't played as I gotten older because i got an injury but uh i'm gonna yeah. try and hopefully my my engine my leg will get better and i can pl start playing again yeah you get out there as soon as you can because it's a lot of fun i've been doing kind of the same thing just trying to get get out there and just hit the ball a little bit i'm still not ready to quite go a full round but uh from time to time i get in at least a few holes and uh until i run out of balls though <laughs> not quite back yet <laughs> but keep at it because it's worth it and uh mark you stay yeah. with yeah, you stay with us, Mark, because I'm going to send you over to Eric, who's going to take the information you need 
uh, or he needs uh, to set you up for that $30 at the Lakeland Ale House. Uh, so you enjoy it and have a, have a terrific weekend. And, and, and join us again soon, okay? Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Mark. That was Mark, our big winner tonight. We appreciate him joining us, and we appreciate Andy Bean joining us tonight. Uh, Dr. Mike Loon, I haven't had a chance to talk to you t- tonight. Uh, the Lightning, are they, are they going to make a comeback? Well, they've done it before, so there's no reason to think they can't do it again. They were down 0-2. Was it 0-2? It was 0-2. And they come roaring back and then won four in a row. Yeah. So, you know, uh, just to be in the finals for the third year in a row is a remarkable feat. Just a remarkable feat. It's it's very rare. If they can do that, then maybe they can do it all. And even if they can't win the cup again, they've done just a remarkable thing getting there it really is it hasn't been done in 40 years and, and last time anybody went to three finals in a row uh, it was when i was your age alex That's ah, the I'm, islanders <laughs> yeah love those guys no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah they actually won four times in a row uh as and i think they even made it a fifth time but lost you know they probably did they are a i mean obviously i'm a tampa fan but they to, are a remarkable team yeah, I have to double-check that. So this is something special we're watching, so we're going to keep an eye on that uh, and maybe talk more about next week. Hopefully the Lightning will be not only back into it, but ahead. And uh, we appreciate Dr. Mike Ling. Alex, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, of course. Oh, it's, it's wonderful having you back here. It's wonderful talking to you guys out there. And uh, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. <laughs> yeah. Happy, happy, enjoy your sports. <laughs> happy Father's Day. You guys enjoy the weekend, and we'll catch you here next week in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. WLKF.